0: Let's let's introduce the next beer. All right, here we go. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, we have been enjoying Masthead frequently over the last year. Yes.
1: Is that right, Kelpy? It is. It's right and really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This beer is called Unbounded Principles Belgian Quad. It is 10.3%. It is a dark yet delicious Belgian style. Christmas ale, it says. I didn't realize that. That is a product of a high level of alchemy. Skill, there's your alchemist I still have... don't
2: know what he's talking about. <laughs> 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 it's sorcery like <wizardry>, in it? <laughs> so <straight>, a cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Alright. You guys ready? Yep. Alright, cheers. cheers. Cheers.
0: Oh, that's delicious. I like it. It's um it's definitely a little stronger. Yeah, there's you're, 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 the bite I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. it definitely has the bite. Not IPA bite, mm. but it definitely has a
3: bite.
2: Well, it's 10% bite. Yeah, <laughs> right.
4: Yeah, but it's real sweet. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Must yeah. be must be honey in it or something. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. vegans. <laughs> <laughs> it's honey bad? Yeah, and I will say I, I strongly, I do not support veganism at all. I'll oh. say that right now. Oh. For many reasons, but mostly just because it's a label without any sort of,
2: what do, you, what do you have against vegans? You think it's a fad mostly?
1: Is that so, so are you no. a
2: vegan hater? Or is
4: it? <laughs> I am not a, I love, I have friends that are vegans, but I, I, I don't, I think they're wrong. I honestly, because so you can't on. just say, you can't just say, I will not touch or consume any animal products just because I'm a vegan. I think like what Stephanie says, the one thing I, I agree with is you have to be in alignment with things. So if you just plain, blindly say, I'm going to adopt this label where you don't, consume honey, you know, we'll use honey as an example. Well, bees are constantly leaving their hives. They, they outgrow their hives. They're leaving their hives. What what does it matter if you're consuming this honey? Yes, from an economical standpoint, maybe you don't believe in the farming of honey, but to label it wrong because you're vegan, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's it's just too, it's too much. Like, I think you should evaluate all your, you know, what you're consuming and constantly be in alignment. Um, and I think... Not to go too far into it, but like the book of Daniel, you know, they were vegetarians. And and the Bible does talk about certain people should not eat meat. And it also talks about some people do eat meat. So I I think there's just, we have to embrace differences. But I don't think you should just say, no, you can't even, let's say. we are talking about
2: embracing differences, but then you also just said... Veganism is wrong. Oh, too safe.
4: But Okay. Beer, so George. I still stand by.
2: <laughs> I still. <laughs> Damn it's a <laughs> 10- <Yes. laughs> ten <It's> percent. A-
4: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you became more agreeable when you had the ten percent. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I stand behind my statement that veganism is wrong just because they blindly they don't evaluate everything. No, if God
2: said. I mm-hmm. think that's unfair. I think that's a stereotype. You're kind of umbrellaing at like every like vegan like the stereotypical. Crazy left-wing YouTube video person. I don't think they're all that way. I think there's a lot of educated vegans that make that decision on the basis that you're kind of leaning towards right now.
4: Well, I'm going by like my recent friend who turned vegan. who went from meat eater to vegetarian to vegan, and I would ask her these questions. You know, why, why wouldn't you consume honey? Well, you, I can. I'm a vegan. Oh. Is that really and and no principle behind it? Right, and so I say su- that that label alone, and it's closed-minded. Everybody has flaws. Um, <laughs> like some um, people
5: will say, like, I, I choose not to eat um, animals because I just don't want to eat other sentient beings. I
4: can yeah. agree with that. I'm like, that. okay, that's, right.
5: that's fair. Like, you don't want to eat sentient beings, okay.
4: My
1: daughter's you know, that
5: stuff, way, yeah. like, One area where I'm at, I'm like, I used to live in Alaska, right? Okay, wow. so there's areas you can't grow stuff. Airplanes can't come in. There's no grocery store. So, you know, you have to live off the land, and a lot of the land, there are animals. So, cases like that, like, or like the Native Americans, like, when they, they hunt bison, I mean, they eat, there's a ceremony around it, they use everything, and they, and they have, like, that's their main source, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like, well, are we to judge these people? Because they can't grow, you know, fruits and vegetables, and they don't have, like, these things. They have to rely on the land. And so um, for them, I mean, that's survival. So I, I put survival, like if that's literally all you have to eat or that's the main source of your, you know, your nutrition, then, I mean, I'm not, you know, because th- there's a, they just can't grow stuff. Right. And
6: mm-hmm. Stephanie, I think uh, what you're say, saying there is a, from a different perspective, as far as uh, some others, my impression, what Mike was saying, people want to take a stand with no principles behind it or yeah. maybe it's a trendy thing to do, but the way you've laid out the information to me, I've totally underestimated our, <laughs> our podcast tonight. I I, I truly did. <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's, it's a breakdown in every aspect of it. This is why this is, this is why that is. And when you take all that in consideration and, and depending on what route you plan on going, Oh, it's truly justified. It's scary. Yeah, no, was, it's scary. Yeah,
5: and we've we just touched the tip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a whole... I could go on for hours, like, on stuff, but this is just, again, like, some basic stuff.
3: Mm.
5: And again, like I, I, like you, like, I, I mean, I went, you know, when I started learning about the factory farm system, like, I had to take breaks, because I'm like, like, what? What? Like, what is this happening? And then over time, it just starts to not make any logical sense, especially... When like a lot of us, we have access to grocery stores and restaurants,
3: right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah.
5: We, we can cook, we can shop, and or if we have more money, we can have people make it for us. Mm. Yeah, but now, or we have delivery systems now, right? You there are plant based, um, you know, delivery systems, and and I you know I always tried to focus too on plant based versus vegan because again, right. vegan has a lot of emotion. Tied to that word and a lot of people get very polarized around it. Right. Yeah, but when you say plant based, right, that focuses more on the diet. Yeah. Yeah. Like the food and not like like a culture or philosophy. Or for some reason for some people it's like a religion to them. Yeah. Right? Or like they, they, or, they or like,
0: like the amazing impossible burger.
4: <laughs> What's <laughs> the amazing, amazing impossible
0: burger? Oh, the impossible burger is incredible. It's amazing.
5: Well, okay, so I have a question. <laughs> So Shoot. what would be the Christian point of view on the on cultured meat? So now we're making meat from the DNA of animals.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Right? So no slaughter is involved. And you know, you only need, you know, you you know, you just do a little biopsy of a cow and then you could produce like hundreds of pounds of See, meat. I, but what is the Now, that gets into the area of like, well, is this natural or not? And what what is because well, it came from an animal, but a lot of science was also involved in now producing. Because this this is the path we're going on, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. as we grow to yeah. 10, 11 billion people on the planet, the factory farm system cannot it cannot sustain because literally because of space.
0: I agree with that, and I, I can tell you which way it's going to go, just like it's always gone. So you're going to have the you're going to have the Roman Catholics and the Orthodox, and they're going to say, Hey, you know what? This is actually a really good idea. <laughs> I think humankind is evolving to a good state in this, and then you're going to have the evangelicals that are going to
4: say, no, nope, not natural." Well, what if it starts making money though? The big, you know, big pharma and stuff can make money off it's of it. It could be a shift. I guarantee. You, I could be wrong,
1: but I would put money on it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Aaron, from a theological point of view in the Old Testament, because uh, you know, there's this uh, debate back and forth that God promotes or does not promote the eating of meat. But he did allow after the flood, because there was no plant-based food left, to eat meat. Correct. Well, for a time. I
2: mean, there was only two now, of every animal, so. Well, what did? Well, yeah, but in six I weeks. mean, what's he supposed to do? Wait six but weeks? Yeah. In six weeks? You can now, hold on. Eat. Oh, okay. Hold on. I, <laughs> think, I, th- I,
0: I, I think we're forgetting that like the first ten chapters well, yeah. are, are written polemically. It's a lie. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's <laughs> it, they're written polemically. It's it's it's. it's
2: <laughs> we're forgetting the, the, that the first the first six chapters is all. PS <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense. No, the um the 10%. literally literally <laughs> the first
0: ten chapters are written polemically. They're written as as C. S. Lewis would say, they're written as a true myth. Okay, so they, it's not to say that those that events of the time didn't happen because the Akkadians, Canaanites, Sumerians, all of them have the same stories. However, it reflects a polemical story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't reflect a historical story.
1: I'm not saying uh, that's a whole other debate, George. If it's true or not, that's <laughs> not, not even what I'm asking. What I'm saying is, Jeez, George, we have certain <sighs> behaviors in certain parts of our Christian culture that tie back to something. So, where do these thoughts, these behaviors, come from, and is it justified? So, you know, did God allow probably Stone Age the uh, <laughs> the, the eating of meat?
0: I don't think that it's something that God did or did not allow. I think it's something that we came from as as a species that started rather primitively, and then up yeah. to the modern age. I think that it's something that we derive culturally from a very old system. I don't think it has anything to do with what God
1: did or did not allow. He, I think he, it's. I think it's. A, a I wish sh- I had the verses because I know He did <laughs> give specific. Uh, Commands after the flood that there was to be different types of uh, clean and unclean, yeah, uh, yeah, of meat that could Mm be uh, eaten, which is all levitical, but then you know, kosher. When you look at right, (laughs) when you look at Moses who was trapped and who needed food for his people, Mm -hmm. it wasn't meat that was provided, manna,
4: right? Yeah, which was well, which is bread, fowl, but
0: that was later. That was after they whined and moaned. But okay. exa- that's, yeah, that's where I was going.
1: But the people complained because they had tasted meat, and then they wanted wings. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mike.
4: Yes. Mike. I would be complaining.
1: Mike. <laughs> they were tired of being vegan, Mike. <laughs>
0: and then no, meat con-
6: meat vegan. consumption at that time was a lot different from, totally different from what it is now, though. But then God,
1: God got mad at the people for whining and complaining, and George, will love that part after. Bro. Yeah, what Mike. What did they do?
4: He got mad at them for eating the meat, Mike. No, they... <laughs> then
1: they had too much meat, and
4: they're like, oh, my gosh, that's too much meat. And and they're like, believe, like Americans,
1: though. I believe God <laughs> wanted to uh, smite them at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you do, kill them all, rape their children? What do you do? Oh, my gosh. too <laughs> I'm taking oh. your beer. for
2: that, that was a 10%, wasn't it? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> are you guys going to leave me in the dark? I'm assuming he burned everyone to the ground.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, well, we're going to do Genesis on a different podcast, yeah. so let's move on. Oh, okay. So, Stephanie, <laughs> Sorry, now, Stephanie. <laughs> if
4: you could push a button right now and say everybody becomes a vegetarian, would you push that button? Uh, No. And why not?
5: Because um, – like I mentioned it's a process and I think that people have to come into this when they are ready Mm -hmm. and um, because when you force things it just doesn't happen. I mean just look at simply diets to lose weight. I mean why do they always fail? Because you're forced to do something. You're like I can't eat this, I can't eat that, I gotta do this. Then what happens? Deprivation sets in. You're like Mm -hmm. I can't have this Mm -hmm. and then your your mind starts playing and then you and then you stop. Like New Year's resolutions Statistically, 80% of people stop their New Year's resolutions at day 21. Yeah. It's like, you can't even make it through. We can't even make it 30 days, right? So, just for everyone to go, I mean, even just vegetarian, right? You could still keep your cheese and your eggs. But for some people, like, because it's not just dietary, it's social, it's yes. economic. Yeah. I mean, it's all this stuff. So, I believe in a process that you come because once you get to that point, like, you you just, you see the world differently, you see food differently, and you just can't go back anymore. But like I said, like, it took me seven years to get to this point. Right. And yeah. even now, like, the I mean, a couple weeks ago, I mean, I was somewhere, and I smelled barbecue. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, that, like, smells really good.
2: Must be a clean then, one. <laughs>
5: yeah, and it's like, you know... Reptile brain starts to take over, and I
3: don't remember.
5: And then then I go, "Oh, wait a minute! No, no, that's like the burning flesh of an animal," and so I can't, you know. And now, I mean, I didn't look. I mean, I I didn't look at it this way before, but now when I like, I'm at Whole Foods and I walk by the meat place, I don't see food anymore. I see body parts. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you
0: know what helps with that? You know what helps with that? Is is walking by a burning car, (laughs) and I'm I'm not being mean i not being mean. When you walk by, because I, well, I, I don't know how many people have driven by a burning car with worse meat has actually died in the freeway. Oh I my had, gosh! I are remember we remember. really going there?
2: And you I guys guess. are yelling at me? Hold on, hold on. All, All right. right. It's oh. a dark, let's man. let's but, go. Well, let's go. Hold on, hold on. What I'm saying is, take me on this adventure. There is. You. There's gonna be there, bacon
4: involved.
0: There in no is. Way. There actually is a smell of burning meat, and I, oh. hate, I hate to All say right. that like that, but it's true. <laughs> Okay, George, it's Take true. Aaron's beer. Take I'm Aaron's beer. beer. Yeah. Um, and, and it's it's hard to explain. You have to experience it. Unfortunately, I have. I you're cut off. Too. Yes, we'll take unfortunately, your unfortunately, I have. But um, but there there actually is that smell, mm. and it's 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 not that much different from barbecue. Obviously, there's well, not there's not the sauce. Makes sense while you're okay. Vegetarian now. There's, there's not the sauce. <laughs> but but when you drive by and you you do smell the burning person within there, and it's it's a horrible oh, smell. Oh, my gosh. But...
2: <laughs> we show sure all this? You're going
1: to finish. Help us, Stephanie. Help us. So, um, now that's... Segway
2: into the fish hatchery.
5: That's <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Okay.
0: So, now that I've offended everybody, move on. Well, actually, I, if I can just...
5: Actually, here's <laughs> something interesting. Another perspective thing, uh, which some of our, like up a week ago, so there's a lot of people who, who, you know, are like, they say they're animal lovers, right? They're like, I love my dogs and cats, and I'm poor, I'm against, fact, you know, the, the puppy mills and stuff, and they still eat me. And so this one vegan guy, and again, like, I, I mean, I, I was listening to him, and it made sense. So, if you love dogs and cats, remember I mentioned they're the 1%, you know, the animal population. Love dogs. If you love, if you love dogs and cats, but you eat you know, you're okay eating cows and pigs, then you're not actually an animal lover, you're a pet lover. Because if you're an animal lover, you love all animals equally. But if you mm. look at, well, why do, Very I mean, p- pigs are actually smarter than dogs. So if we look at the intelligence yeah. ladder, then we should be eating dogs instead of pigs. Oh. That's <laughs> well, I've
3: actually been, s-
1: no
5: yeah right so but then if you differentiate well we can eat some animals are okay to eat and not others then you're you're the getting bias. into the is now yeah. of what animals are worthy and which ones are not because we've deemed them food so really the ones we don't eat are our pets it's
0: very selective
5: for uh, a pet lover yeah, but
4: there's no meat on it
5: Versus an animal lover. If, an, if you're a true animal lover, <laughs> and you see them as fellow sentient beings, you won't eat any of them. That's
1: true. Right. That's a good. That's a good point. That's a great yeah. point.
3: It's
4: quite selective. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Wow. I would say I, I enjoy eating meat, but I try to eat it responsibly. Stephanie, I think you've been very like communicative of that. You're not just pushing everybody to stop. And I and I I liked your answer. But what do you think about if if you did push a button? Don't you think there would be overpopulation of anim- animals and, and things like that if everybody stopped? So no,
5: what we do, we, we just start the culling process. So all these factory farms, have they just stop breeding. So we just go through the current inventory until like it's empty. But you start at a point, it's kind of like with fossil fuels with cars. We stop selling cars that are run on gasoline. And we transition into the electrical cars and stuff, right? But you know, the way we, you know, remove, we don't just remove all the gas cars because people just can't. We, mm-hmm. we do this transition period. So that's what we do. If again, if we just push a button, <laughs> then what will we do is, um, I would start with the factory farm system because that's the point where, you know, that's the, that's the system causing the most destruction, right? Okay. So I tell people like, if you want to still eat meat, again, buy it from your local farmers mm-hmm who are raising their, you know, you can actually go and see the cows and the pigs and the chickens. And they they are literally running around like the happy cows and chickens you see on all the marketing ads, right? Like, go there and, or like, some people like here in California, they'll go in with farms. You can get like a group of people and buy a cow, Mm -hmm. right? And then and they get to slaughter and then you guys all share that one cow, but you know where the cow has been, you know what it's been eating, and then you guys can share it, That's right? That's crazy because so you-
1: it's, it's like you're emotionally attached to it almost at that point. <laughs> That's well, weird. they don't—they don't tell oh, you that. Yeah. It's I don't want to know. They tell you its name. It. They
2: give you a picture of its family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they actually... I, <laughs> just gonna,
5: like, you, I don't know. Can we kill you? Have, I
1: you become, have become the godfather of the guy.
4: Ga- I don't want to do that. <laughs> I
1: don't
2: want to know. <laughs> is. I know. You hear the, the doorbell ring, and it's like a baby cow. And, like He has nowhere to go. And <laughs> that's, that's, sorry, um, Stephanie. It's a 10% beer. I apologize. take my beer. That's well, the whole
1: difference. Telling me like there's these studies
5: that when people actually raise cows, they don't give them names for that reason.
1: Right. Yeah. emotional
5: disconnect. Yeah, they just have a number tagged to their ear and then right. like, okay, that's cow number thirty eight and then it'll and then we'll just put it in the trailer and off it goes. Oh. You know, buy number thirty eight, right? We don't name it, we don't give it a name because then it becomes a sentient being to us.
0: I think that's the biggest disconnect though, if you think about it, because yeah. If we, if if the if the biggest if the biggest disconnect between us and that being
2: is just us not naming it, we should go to all the factories and start naming the cows. Is that where you're getting <laughs> right, at? Right, yes, right, there we right, go. Right. And then, like, <laughs> when mean, you buy it, you gotta be like, yeah, this this was uh, a you know dry. Ranger Bob or yeah. <laughs> whatever the cow's name. I oh, don't know. I mean, th- think For about. it. we
5: don't even call beef cow. We eat beef, not cow. Right.
2: Right. right.
5: Even we even eat in, pork, not pig.
2: You're right. (laughs) Right. And I think there is a point when you're growing up where you've like, right, you finally learn what meat is what. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I never thought of it that way. That's interesting. Well, my kids,
0: even my kids, uh, uh, (laughs) the first time I said, well, beef is a cow, they're like, wait, what?
4: (laughs) It comes
1: from where?
0: Right. Yeah. And we have a disconnect and we're raised with that disconnect. Yeah. Yeah.
4: That, that I think, is a big stem. So I took my sons to a father son retreat this past summer and, um, one of the activities was to kill your own chicken basically and eat it so so on there stuff but so you basically you had to do it as as if you lived in africa because uh there were missionaries in africa leading this and um no one wanted to do it but i thought it was important because i i need my sons to know the choice that they're making so i choose Oh, so did I just make her leave? No, no, no. Um, so I, I, I choose to eat meat responsibly, but I needed them to know. And if they chose after doing that they, did, they didn't want to eat chicken or meat anymore, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to live with the consequence. And when I see two chicken breasts on a plate or something, I realize that's a whole chicken. Right. So if I cook four, that's two chicken. You know, right. like like I want to make sure I'm, I'm not overdoing it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think sourcing locally and stuff. So I do think... We shouldn't disconnect. We should have that. Like, yeah. what's on your plate was sacrificed for you. You have to appreciate it. And that way, you'll reduce the amount you eat. Yeah. And so, you, you know the consequence.
2: Tell me more about this chicken. Yeah,
4: I don't know <laughs> if it's, so, it's pretty... It's pretty <laughs> R-rated. I mean, is, he already,
2: Juice, listen, <laughs> Juice already told a story about a human body being burnt in a car. I we know, I know, I I, can only go up. Yeah. <laughs> it can only get better. It's definitely
4: not as bad as a human burning flesh, but <laughs> okay. it, it is pretty gruesome. I mean, it's you don't have a blade spinning around, so it, it is not, yeah. you do it as quick as possible, you know, and and so when I was growing up. the chicken up, let you pick it up? Was it like being your friend? No, it ran.
2: Okay, good. So he
4: knew, at least. Right. He had a fighting chance. Yeah, right. You could have been little, faster than you. He the a little
6: slow. He was a little slow. You're Ranger material. You realize that, don't you? <laughs> I'm
4: ready. <laughs> yeah, you're Ranger material. <laughs> okay. So. Good. But I think, I think reconnecting.
5: How, how did the kids react after doing it? I mean, what was their they, experience after?
4: So, you know, within 45 minutes over an open fire, you're getting ready to eat this chicken. And... My oldest son, he was a little squeamish. He was sort of like, I don't know if I want to. I said you don't have to. Um but he did and he said it was the best chicken he ever had. <laughs> um I I honestly thought it was ended up being a rooster. It was tough. So I but again, it was it was that reconnection with the consequence of what you're doing that makes me not take for granted of, you know, the depth of of what I'm I'm doing here. What something sacrifices life so sort of like the Native Americans like you were saying how they would almost have a ceremony around it. well that's really what it felt like I can't I get emotional about it a little bit and and I do think you know that's really what we may pray over our food but honestly as Americans our prayer sucks you know like we we it's just a it's a habit. I honestly think, I could live on Cheetos if I could really say, oh, God, thank you so much for these Cheetos, but you can't. You know, you have to be honest with yourself,
1: and right. so if you're praying over your food, it has to be an honest prayer, too. If it's a created, you know, if we're going back biblically, okay, and God created the animal, it has a a being. I don't know what else to call it, right? Mm-hmm. It has a, it, it is created, right? Hebrew would say neph. So my question is, yes, <laughs> when we kill those animals here on it and I'm talking about the way she described it on a mass scale in America. And you brought up I know you don't want to get into the moral side of it, but you did mention spiritual side of it. If these animals feel fear right before they're slaughtered, is there a connect to us eating that and us becoming more violent as a society? Have you done any studies with Ooh. the terms of eating meat and violence? So so may- Stephanie,
0: maybe are, this, maybe this is a good time. Been, I'm may, sorry, well, I was say, maybe, maybe this is a good time for you to bring up the white elephant. I'm, I'm sorry, so, the white cow, white cow.
5: <laughs> oh. <yeah. laughs> um, wait, I was gonna say one thing about. Um, what was the last thing that you said? I had a. Uh, is
1: there any direct kind of studies between eating meat from cows that are killed the way that we kill them on a mass scale, and people who are uh, or you know, oh, yeah, society yeah. that's inherently violent.
5: Um, um, that I don't know of, but there are studies that um, linking the violence of factory farm workers. Mm. Mm. So the longer that you work in a factory farm, they have like, especially you know these guys who are actually in the front lines, right? Like with pigs and chickens, they stun them first, and pigs, and they then they go to the vat of boiling water. Um, and sometimes they're wow. still alive, right? So they got to kill these pigs. Well, yeah, it's like. So imagine doing that job every day, and you're hearing the sound, and you're got the smell. So there are studies on the psychological impact of working in, in slaughterhouses on these on these men, and they're primarily men. And they come and they have the highest rates of um, domestic abuse, suicide, um, alcoholism, and drug abuse. Right. So when we talk about the op- opioid problem, which again is primarily in the poor red states again, there's a a lot of those jobs that they have are working in these factory farms and slaughterhouses. So there are many studies on that. In fact, there's a study on even, like, so how do we, like, and, and, oh, and the turnover rate is very high, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the workers are undocumented as well because how many Americans are going to want to be working in a slaughterhouse, right? Like, hey, we got plenty of jobs, (laughs) so your job is to... Kill pigs all day, right? Clean up the blood and do all like most Americans be like, oh, no, no, no. no. I'll just <laughs> eat my bacon and play. I'm not, but there are a lot of jobs available in the factory farm system. But so there, there are studies on that. But like okay. in terms of like, studies on do we become more violent or whatever, you know, the more like we eat meat raised in violent, environments. Yeah. For that I, I would say, I don't know, like let's look at some common sense here, right? If you believe everything is energy, like in basic science, everything mm-hmm. is, is energy. So you're eating the energy of this animal, how it was raised, what it's fed, and then you're putting that energy into your body.
3: Yeah.
5: I mean over and then it adds up over time. It's going to impact you in in some form of way. Whether you're conscious of it or not is another thing. But again If everything is energy, that energy is now in your body. And you know, another thing I saw was Mm. like this guy asked, he he just asked a question again, not whether eating meat is morally right or not. He's like, so if the last thing that your food did was cry for mercy for its life, is that healthy? Whoa. Mm. So I'm like, oh, oh no, Uh, (laughs) right? Because you're like, animals cry. So if if like like the chicken, if you saw the chicken cry tears, right oh, when you have like it, your its neck in your hands, mm-hmm. and you saw the tears, then so, stop them. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you see the cow, but <laughs> like, go right, <laughs> right. You see the cows crying tears. That also like they they are emotional. They feel pain, oh, and hmm. they also are begging for mercy for their life. Mm-hmm. So. It's not whether it's right or wrong. Do you consider that healthy? All right. So I mean, that's like. <sighs> I mean, so those are things that got me thinking about stuff. I'm like, no, I can't. So that goes to the story of the white cow. Mm. So we we have so two months out of the year we have a local farmer. We have some like some hills and area like they grow like a lot of like plants and stuff. So a local farmer works with the city and they come and be like nature's lawnmower in our area but they can get pretty close to the the the, the roads and so like you can get close enough to see see them right and to touch them and um, even even to touch them if you're brave but um, so they're usually like all like brown cows but there's um, this one white cow that started coming uh, three years ago and so I was just like fascinated with this one white cow in a herd of like 30 cows right and so um, I named her Ella because I thought she was enchanting, this white cow and all these, you know, grown cows. So I, I named her Ella, and so I would go running, and I'd say, oh, "Hi, Ella, how you doing?" Right? You know, she's just eating her food, and, you know. So I, I started again getting emotionally attached to Ella because I'd see her roaming, and I related to her because I was, I, I, also, I, I commonly feel like I'm the odd person in the group, right? I don't fit in, and I'm different. I stand out, and so I, that's why I bonded with Ella. And so one of the things that I told myself, okay, if I'm going to eat meat or beef, I have to be able to look Ella in the eye and say, I need you to die so I can have protein. Okay, I have to look her in the eyes. And I'm like, I am I like, I can't look her in the face and tell her, you need to die so I can have some protein. I'm like, I'm just going to have to figure out how to get protein somewhere else because I, I just can't do that. Mm. So then um, during my research on factory farming, I came across, you know, like you know, you go on YouTube and you get lost in videos, right? So I found this one video of a medical doctor who was wanting, because you know, doctors are not taught nutrition. So this doctor decided she wanted to learn not only nutrition, but you know, the food system and me. So she had a friend uh, who actually, like her uncle or something, owned a local slaughterhouse. Now this is a humane slaughterhouse, okay. Mm. Oh, this goes into this the whole thing about, like, humane meat. So humane meat is humanely slaughtered. So <laughs> she, she goes, and she asked them, like, can I film? And they were like, yeah, you know, it's totally fine. So there she noticed this area. There was one white cow that they separated from the, the other cows because she was getting, like, she was, like, too rowdy. And so she went over to the white cow, and you know, first the cow was afraid of her, but then, like, over a few hours that she spent with this cow, the cow started to calm down, but then also started to, like, like her. You know, she's like, oh, you know, you're a, you're a nice human, you're petting me, you're spending time with me, and calmed her down. And then, you know, the rest of the animals, I mean, they're outside of the slaughterhouse, but they're freaking out, right? And it's like, well, how, why are they freaking out? Like, if, if they're not intelligent or don't feel anything, like, Maybe they literally smell the death because they're like, okay, we're, that is not a good door because someone comes in and someone comes out. Like, and then, um, they, they didn't get to her that day. So the doctor came back and she was with her and the cow was like happy to see her. It's like, Oh, it's my human. You know, I'm like so happy to see her. And then, um, it was her turn to, to go into the door. And so, um, the doctor, you know, she said, "Can I stay with her?" Because again, I want to film the process, oh, so I wow. will stay. I will stay with her. And so the cow, all the other cows were fighting going in the door, and there was a little oh. ramp, and other cows were fighting, but but this white cow no. just.
4: Went- <laughs> Jerry, you're oh. George. You're. This is too gruesome for George.
5: That <laughs> much.
4: No, I no, think keep going. going. It's, it's going. okay. I'll give, I'll
1: give him a hug. Sorry.
5: So the, the white cow was like with her human she's like oh okay I'm fine so she just walked in Aww. like oh I'm with my human everything is fine mm. and the doctor's filming this and she's like internally freaking out now um, and, the, and the white cow is like okay and then she gets to the platform right so they have a platform where they start and then in the last look on the video is white with the, her cute face just looking up at the video completely calm just looking at her human like, oh, hi, where, where, where are we going? Like, she's trusting her human. And then and then they stun her. And then and the doctor keeps filming, right? Because this is what she wanted. So they stunned her, and then she went in, and then they, they did the whole process, right? And so, so you know, they, they, they take a chain by one of the legs, and then they haul the cow up so they're upside down so they can cut the neck. Um, and so she filmed all of this, and, like, the doctor... So she went. The cow went in, trust calmly, because she trusted her human. I mean, at that point, that's when I busted into tears. And like, this cow trusted this human being, and this is what happened to her, which happens to many cows. But I, I didn't see anyone. I saw Ella, on that platform. I, I saw my cow, there, and and she what? Like these big brown eyes with just like trust in her face. Mm-hmm. And then you see the process of what they do to her body. Once she's dead and go through these, pro- and then afterwards the doctors talk interviewing, and she's like, I, I'm I the, I, she's like it was fine until like I realized this this cow was felt safe with me and she trusted me, mm, that and so and that's the first time I experienced that yes indeed like these animals are like us they bond they trust they believe, and then we betray them, in the very end she felt like I betrayed. This cow I knew for forty-eight hours. Yeah. Huh?
2: She did betray that cow.
5: Yeah, and so then we don't. You, we never think about this, right? That again, we call it beef, not a cow. And so, like, you see this video. I mean, I could send you guys if you want to actually see it because oh, it's, it's not.
6: No, no, I don't want to see it. Please. Yes, you, you should you send see it. it. Totally send it. <laughs> Definitely send oh. it. If you, yeah.
5: But, I mean, if you're gonna eat meat, you should. When see people it. talk about like my humane meats. I'm like okay, fair enough. Let me show you this video and tell you about Ella and this white cow, and then afterwards, let's talk about humane slaughter because again, um, the word humane means benevolence, right? Compassion, sparing. So if this cow was, if any animal is looking at you, look with mercy in its eyes. Wouldn't the benevolent thing to do is to spare, let it live? Like that's logical, right?
2: That's what I was hoping. I was holding on there for a happy ending. I was hoping it was gonna go on the platform and then the doctor was gonna buy the cow outright. Nope. All right. No, she couldn't.
5: Even if she wanted to, she she couldn't because it was already like in this process, and she could not. You know, she couldn't save this cow. So, so she felt like, okay, I'm gonna honor her life by filming the whole process and talking about it and educating people. So this is, I'm gonna use her life um, to educate others on, you know. And again, this was humane meat. This wasn't factory farm meat. This is, because a lot of, and I, I was one of those people too towards the end. I'm like, okay, I'm buying humane meat. Like I know the farm and then, you know, then it, it gets to the grocery store. I mean, I, I kind of like compartmentalize. <laughs> but when you see this stuff, so now I see Ella and now the cows are back. Ella is actually back for a third year. And the first thing I thought is that she's still alive. Okay. <laughs> and she was, And now she has a baby. (laughs) So Ella has a baby, and it was like, I saw them, and the baby's milking from, you know, her mom, Ella. I'm like, oh, you know, so I'm kind of happy to see Ella for a third year, because that's kind of long. And now she has a child, because normally they take the kids away. So this is a farmer that actually raises, you know, all their animals from birth to to slaughter. Because normally, um, like the baby, the baby cows are taken away to become veal.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. So, do do we want to explain what veal is and where it actually comes from and how that how that process works?
5: (laughs) So veal veal actually, the whole veal system actually (laughs) starts from the dairy system. So in dairy, for dairy cows, um, uh, only the females are profitable for dairy cows. So if a dairy cow gives birth to a male, he has he he's worthless to a dairy farmer. So he is sold off um, to become veal. So most of our the veal that we eat in the United States are actually baby male dairy cows because they have no profit generation use in dairy farms. Mm. And then they're raised in these crates where they can they can't barely move because they need they want their muscles like um, they don't want them tough so they don't want like muscle because you want like really juicy veal, right? So they keep them in these crates, so they just stay, like the pigs, they just stay in this one spot, and they can't move. And, yeah, they're. I don't think they even live a year.
0: No, they're, no, they're, they're under not, a year. If you ever went to a veal farm, I went to one or two when I was younger because I helped on farms and stuff, some veal farms will actually put the, um, the calves inside these containers where their four legs go down to the containers so they can't move so that, that way it's even that juicy. Yeah. Mm.
5: Yeah, but the whole point is that it's mostly created, again, back, it goes back to the profit and greed model that, again, so, um, I mean, another issue, too, is if you if you consider yourself a feminist, like the entire dairy industry is based on the exploitation of female cows, and then even chickens. If you're a male chicken, you have no use, so you're killed on day one.
2: Mm.
5: Like they literally grind them up.
2: Like thirty seconds into it, yeah, they yeah, stack yeah. them and then they throw them into a grinder. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. All
5: out, and then it's like, okay, you're a male chick, then you're just ground up. We keep we keep the girls because they can become like. But I mean, it's just based on like. Uh, I mean, and that was something uh, actually one of my birdie delegate friends brought up was like, you know, if you consider yourself a feminist, you should not eat dairy or eggs. And I ne- I never thought about that. And again, so I started to learn about. The business model of what and then i was like oh my god like i can't what and then how they impregnate the cows the dairy cow. i was like okay i i, I can't <laughs> believe they do this to these female these dairy cows even in organic farms so again i it goes back and then they they say this because it's like we have to do it this way because na- you no know, letting the cows naturally breed could actually hurt the cows yeah
3: because
5: mm-hmm. the males are so big That they could, you know, damage the revenue-generating property that we have with our dairy cows because we need her to be constantly pregnant and keep, you know, having babies so that way she can keep producing milk. Yeah. Like humans, so imagine we did that to humans. So that's why, like, people who are against puppy mills but drink milk and eat cheese, I'm like, okay, do 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 you understand? Like, basically, they're doing the same exact things. To the animal. So, again, that goes back to you're not an animal lover, you're a pet
0: lover. I'll point out, too, on a dairy farm, and this was actually a a big expose done on Channel 3 here in Cleveland. Um, If you look at the milk, 39% of it is actually pus and blood. Mm -hmm. And that's a national statistic. It actually is. 39% is pus and blood because the udders become infected. And once they're infected, they bleed. All right? And so that is a true, don't don't believe me, Google it, 39% yeah. of your milk is pus and blood.
5: Well, just, <laughs> just look at what the udder of a, a cow looks like right before she's about to be milked. Like, how big it gets. Like, I, I, I'm i just like, oh my God, how, how is that not painful? Because they're, I mean, the udders get huge. Yeah. Loaded with milk and stuff. So again, so it's not... This is what happens in factory farms, not your local farmer, again, who's got yeah. like 10 cows and you could actually go milk the cows, right? And they're like, that's different, right? That's a whole nother different thing than what we're talking about. Like the milk you buy in the grocery store is, is done through these, this process. And again, it's very mechanical mm-hmm. and based on revenue generation. So as a business person, it makes a lot of sense because again, it's all about bottom line you know, low production costs, speed, get it out to market as fast and cheap as possible, right? But again, it's also not based on nutrition. Like, what is nutritionist for human beings? Because, you know, remember that time where they used to put the RB, RBGA, or RBH? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
5: Mm -hmm. and then they had to eliminate that because, oh yeah, there's actually issues with that, but, you know, they're still, they're still, like, taking antibiotics.
0: Oh yeah, big time. Uh,
5: but um, here's the thing with organic dairy: um, if you have to give a cow um, an organic cow antibiotics, it can no longer be organic milk. So they sell them off to a conventional dairy farm mm-hmm. because with dairy, conventional dairy farms, they can, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever you know, in them there's again there's, I mean, even when we have regulations, the the enforcement of these laws is very minimal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, like, small. And, and, oh, we were talking about, like, seafood?
0: Yes, we were. There we go.
5: So, okay, so seafood. So uh, did you guys know that we now have a GMO-approved salmon? Yes.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we do. From yeah. Japan? Is that right?
5: No, Aquabounty. aqua bounty.
4: Okay. United States. Yeah.
5: yeah. yeah. So they're growing. And then, have you, and then do you know what a, a factory farm, sea farm, fish farm looks like? No. Not really. yeah, okay. That's I, I can't describe them, but like imagine like out on the co- like here the coast, like on the west coast, like primarily up near like the Portland, Washington area or Alaska. So they're they they're these big netted areas like out in the ocean. Um and they keep these fish like tightly packed, like in there. Um and then there's other ones where they're literally grown in warehouses. So they create these built these big, deep pools and these warehouses, and, again, pack all these fish, as many as they can, into it. So a lot of these fish are literally swimming in their feces and excrements, and then, like, they're breathing out, and then they also feed them antibiotics. So with all the... They also feed them GMO feed and a whole bunch of antibiotics, because imagine, like, you got all these fish you can barely move, like, crammed together, again, in their short lives, and then they, they... then they take them out and go through the process of killing and processing them. But with the the GMO salmon, which our FDA has now approved, made by uh, I believe the kind of Aqua Bounty, I think is the company. But um, here's the, the the here's the key thing with that is that uh, because we have no GMO labeling. Yeah. You you and and they don't put the brand name. You know, you just buy your salmon, right? It's like shrink-wrapped and it doesn't – it may say grown in the United States, but that's that's about it, right? He won't say like this is – so they're not required to put that it's GMO salmon.
1: Who do we have to thank for the no GMO labeling? Because I'm sure Democrats would like to blame Republicans, Republicans blame whoever. I mean um,
5: – The blame is both of them. Yeah. So <laughs> we, had, we had in 2016 – so GMO labeling, so each of the states started coming up with their own labels, yeah. their, their GMO labeling laws. So Vermont came up with the most, the strictest one. And yeah, it passed, I saw The governor yeah. signed it into law, and it was going to kick in in July of 2016. Well, um, right before that, well, then, like, the big, big um, food companies started to freak out, because they're like, if you're General Mills or Kraft, you can't just produce for Vermont right your distribution goes everywhere and so they're like well then we're gonna have to put GMO labeling on all our food because we don't know where it it may or may not end up in Vermont or not and then Connecticut had a law that once two states enacted a GMO labeling law then theirs would kick in so Vermont was nearby so they needed just one more state to kick in before their so then a Democrat actually introduced a bill Um, and then it got huge bipartisan, like, agreement on this, because basically what happened behind the scene was all this maneuvering happened, uh, and they all basically, this is one of, you know, one of the bills that, like, got through both houses of Congress and signed by Obama, like, within weeks. Hmm. And one of the things that, the main thing was, was to prevent state, that the federal GMO labeling law that they created Would supersede any of the state laws regarding GMO labeling, which goes back to like, well, wait a minute. So if you're Republicans, why would you support this? Because you're against, right? You're against the federal, like, government telling you to let the states do it. But then they're like, oh, but in this case, because we're getting lots of money (laughs) from the big food companies, we're gonna go along with this because we don't want our food labeled because it's, you know. Consumers are going to freak out, but the argument has been like, well, if it's safe, like you keep saying it is, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. So, but one of the things in this, in this GMO labeling thing, they're like, okay, they did agree upon a form of labeling. But what it is, is um, a QR code. So, you put a QR code on the food, and then you as a consumer, to find out anything about it, you have to get your smart, your phone... Scan it, and then you get all the data. So, so technically, you're like, well, we labeled it, but okay, who 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 scans their food like when they're shopping? Like, yeah, so you can do this uh, at a restaurant,
3: right? I'm scan my face <laughs> yeah,
5: now. Right? Not everybody has a smartphone. Still, people are using old-fashioned flip phones, and so this law, this the QR code thing, is supposed to give it like I think three to five years like, to kick in, but um, it did not cover any animals. So all the, like, chick- all the meat that you're eating, so chicken, all chicken eat is GMO soy and corn and synthetic amino acids. That's all they eat. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are allergic to soy and corn who can't eat factory farm-raised meat because they're that sensitive. Because I mean, that that's literally, so when I see, like, for example, paleo people, and not to pick on them, but they're all about, like, their meat, but they're like, oh, my God, GMOs are like the worst thing on the planet. I'm like, do you realize you're eating animals literally built on GMOs? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, what about that? You know, <laughs> it's, it's like, like, oh, well, you know, it's like, okay, I, you know, they don't convert. I mean, it becomes the protein. So that's why they feed them soy, because soy is the cheapest form of pro- highest, cheapest and the highest level of protein to get these chickens to broiler size in 42 days, okay? 42 days that you're eating this. And like, I had a paleo friend, so I started asking him about like, okay, with all your meat, and I asked him, Do you, is all your meat like local, organic, raised? And he's like, well, no, like when I go eat out, it's whatever the restaurant has. So, Ninety-nine percent of all the animals raised in our country for food are raised on factory farms. Ninety-nine hmm. percent. Like I was shocked, and I didn't believe that. I kept looking around, and it. it's like ninety-nine. And for chickens, it's ninety-nine point ninety-nine percent for chickens. The the healthy meat. And so, I but I, I'm just telling him some of this data, and I thought like, that.
0: Uh, he said, "He said not the one that he he ate with his son yeah. when they were camping."
5: So, the chicken you ate was part of the .01. Right, right,
1: right. So I made a difference. <laughs> at a boy, Mike. Yeah, at a at boy. Think
5: about it, like what? Nine billion chickens he raised. Right. Eight billion. Right. Yeah. right? So that yeah, is no, yeah. That's you that's
1: never
5: that. know. Yeah. So with with the paleos, uh, you know, he was just kind of like, okay okay like I'm not again are, is this in alignment with your values I, I get your diet thing I mean I don't agree with all of it but I understand it <laughs> but like when we bring up all these other issues like is that in alignment with your values and beliefs in these other areas of your life yeah yeah so, then you get like, the meme with that you know the mathematical front like he's starting to think now and it's like okay that's like too much thought. I don't want to think about it. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not pushing you. That's why I don't, I don't push people because it, it, it starts to hit them on their own. It's mm-hmm. for, and for a lot of people, it's too much to, to take in and comprehend.
1: Yeah. It's overload. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
5: It's overwhelming and it's too much. That's why I, I, I believe in a reductionist process, <laughs> like reduce,
1: mm-hmm. cut,
5: cut down versus cut out. Right. So, transition.
1: The question I have, then, if I go to the grocery store, because, you know, this is something that my wife and I kind of pride ourselves on. You know, we look for all the foods, whether we go to, I don't know what you have out there in California, Earth Fair, Trader Joe's, or do you have any of those? Yeah.
5: Trader Joe's, Whole Foods.
1: Okay, so we go to these places, right, that are sold as being more healthy in general. And we look for the food or food-like products that have all the gluten-free gmo free 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 how much of this stuff can we truly trust and how much of it is really what it is you know i mean are, are we being scammed on everything
5: um you know that's a really good question again that's where even within the labeling system so um we have like anything that's labeled with the usda organic like you can be mm-hmm. like I mean nothing is 100% but you could be like 95% like because there's always going to be someone who breaks the law and whatever. And again, the regulations, the inspectors and how they check on this, mm-hmm. it is dropping. And then now now there's talk of privatizing this system. Mm. Which again goes back to if you're going to privatize it, you're basically letting them self-regulate.
2: Yeah, what's the benefit? What's what's the argument for that?
5: Um because it puts more money into the it lowers the government like money spending and okay. it puts more money into business. All
1: right. Money money so money. So they're
5: they're trying to and again, like with this new tax cut, like we're going to have almost like a 1.7 trillion dollar deficit. Yeah. So now they're going to look at like okay, we got to trim everywhere. And so they're just looking like everywhere, I mean, to to cut, you know? I mean, like today I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter like one of one of the things, I mean, this is not really related to food, but you know, they're looking at like Native Americans. Like you're you're gonna have to get a job now, to qualify for Medicaid, mm. and stuff like that, right? It's like, wait, what? We're, now we're going there. Like all this other stuff. <laughs> now, we're, now we're going here, because you know, their argument is like, wait, you're not, you're 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 like acknowledge, you're not, because their their thing is like, you guys are not governments. you're a race of people, so that it's like, like, well, wait, uh, okay, wait, so. But now you're now you're by doing that you're you're gonna start erasing our history, and our place in this country that you guys took from us, by the right, way. Right, right. So like, but this is again an example of the hypocrisy in the things. Again, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, where, where, where again food gets political. It's like okay, if you mm-hmm. believe in small federal government, but yet you have like all these big programs like government subsidies. The reason meat is so cheap is because it's being heavily subsidized by our government. So you eliminate that, and we will see the true cost of meat. of of the of, and beef in particular is really expensive because a lot of these companies too. They I mean they get subsidies from their their feed and their water. Like some states offer subsidies for the water for these animals, mm. and some of them are literally not. They're getting water for free feed all these animals. So again, that goes into your political views of what you believe. And I'm like, okay, is that in alignment with you believe? Because it's not. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to talk about entitlement programs, so okay, great. Let's talk about corporate entitlement programs and look at look at the you know the hundreds of millions of dollars spent in subsidizing the factory farm system. Which again, we're not looking at because why? They're red. They're red states.
3: Right. Yeah.
5: We're not going to look at that because we need that. But like wait a minute. But you're willing to cut money from people's Medicare and Social Security and Medicaid so you can c- continue your actually, you know, revenue losing businesses that you're that you cannot survive like on your own yeah. because the price and and everything that's involved in that. And so it just like even the system and then now we're going to get to 10 billion people. Um, like in under 30 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how are we going to supply that? And Americans, we already eat 214 pounds of, 212 pounds of meat a year, average. So that's including the vegans with the heavy meters, right? Averaging it all out, which is like 212 pounds. Like, why do we eat this, this so much meat? And, you know, whenever I talk to people, I would say Americans eat too much meat, and no one ever argues with me on that. But <laughs> <Like, laughs> no one, no one says, "Well, we don't have enough meat," and they usually agree, like, "Yeah." Because here's the thing: you don't have to meet, eat meat at every meal every day to be healthy.
3: Yeah, right. That's, right. We, yeah. We're,
5: we're 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 bombarded with this like you've got to eat meat every meal every day to be healthy, and it's like, yeah. well, yeah. no, yeah. you don't. You mm-hmm. can have meat like. You know, two or three times a week. And a lot of other countries, they eat like small portions of meat. Yeah. Like every other day or a couple times. Or like in Asian dishes, a lot of times we use small amounts of meat just to, as seasoning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not the main ingredient. It's just used for flavoring. And then there's a lot of vegetables and starches, you know, put in there. But it's not American. Our thing is meat is the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, some vegetables and then some potatoes, you know, or start and and grains around it, right? But it's it's like m- the meat is always the the, the entree. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the flexi twenty one, you know, I say, well, make the vegetable the entree and make the meat the side dish.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, moderation well, moderation is kind of a lost value in America in general. Yeah. So I mean, fast country. You know if. if you know, if I know some people in my own family, where if they got a little bit of meat, it would be worse than having no meat. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. they want so much meat. Yeah. So and you, know,
5: even as a meat eater, you're kind of like that's a lot of meat. Like, and then they, you know, and then we throw a lot of cheese on it. Yeah. <laughs> sour cream, right? <laughs> then all of it with like all the dairy on top of it, and then like the cholesterol and saturated fat, just like.
3: Yeah
5: escalates. I mean, and then people think like chicken is healthier than beef. Um, Chicken breast actually has more cholesterol than 80-20 ground beef for like 100 grams. So the leading leading killer of human beings, not just in the United States, but on the planet is heart disease followed by strokes. Mm -hmm. And one of the leading... One of the leading dietary lifestyle causes of that is high cholesterol. Like, we're focused on saturated fat. So chicken has low saturated fat, but it has high cholesterol. And Mm. cholesterol is the stuff that, like, clogs up your arteries and leads to heart disease. So then we have this thing that chicken is healthy, and what happens is it is in a sense, but then people eat more of it. Thus, negating like the healthy thing that they think they're doing, eating more chicken versus little or no beef, right? Mm-hmm. So we are like, well, I'm, you know, or right, I just have my beef because I got to have my gourmet burger, right? Because I just love my my burger so much. But they don't actually look at like, um, you know, like the the cholesterol. Yeah. So like a hundred grams of chicken breast has eighty five. Milligrams of cholesterol and 100 grams of 80/20 ground beef is 71. Yeah, oh, that is something that's different, also, right? That's like what I guess.
0: Yeah, I also referenced that, that you know that salami has more bacteria and germs on it than the average toilet seat.
3: What?
0: Yeah, huh? it's true.
1: How? That is true. <laughs> yeah. That's mm. not better than the burning car thing. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's right there. It's, good for us Italians, <laughs> it's true though. Yeah, it's interesting. But to what you were saying, Stephanie, don't don't our doctors and our health system know this? W- won't they tell us?
5: No, no, <laughs> no. So first of all, most doctors and doctors will tell you this when they go through medical school. They're required to take one, maybe two, nutrition classes. Mm. That's it. Like most of them barely know anything about nutrition, and so, and then when you try to, like, you know, then you have, like, this, like, now we have this growing association of plant-based doctors and doctors who are, like, looking at the study, and then there's more and more studies coming out, right, looking at plant-based diets versus meat-heavy diets and all of that, and there's more and more data that's coming out pointing to that the optimal diet is actually a whole foods plant-based diet. So the farther you go on the whole foods plant-based diet eating, your 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 mm-hmm. like like all your health issues like start to drop and your longevity starts to extend. So um, and then there's like the, the one of the biggest um, things is the blue zones. And I don't know if you heard of guys, you guys have heard of the blue zones. Mm-mm. So with the blue zones they did a study of like who are the oldest living human beings on the planet and where do they live? And so they found these various cities. There's only one area in the United States, and that's Loma Linda. Um, and there are, it's their religion.
1: Where is that?
5: Uh, in California, down in the south.
1: Okay. Huh.
5: Um, and I forget what their religion is. But in their religion, they Evangelicals. gosh. That evangelical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it's a Christian baseline, and I forget. but they, It's uh, not... every
4: show, Gumby has to get one jab at the evangelicals. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, but so they looked at these people, like, lived on average to 100. So, like, all these people, they looked at, like, what's the common thing? They all ate plant, primarily plant-based diets. And if they ate meat, it was just, like, occasionally fish. Um, okay. No dairy, no eggs. And then maybe chicken or you know turkey on Thanksgiving, but very high plant, high whole food plants, low to no meat, mm. um, and they they had lower rates of heart disease, cancers, Alzheimer's, like you you just go the list on and on, mm. and they lived to be ninety to over hundred years old, and they ate beans and rice and lentils like all the things that paleo and keto people are like. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to eat, like it's bad for you, but I'm like, okay. See, I look at this, like we, we, we focus on like like quantity of food, but what about the quality, right? I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like we in the United States, we vilify beans and rice. And as someone Asian, I'm Thank like, you. okay, you cannot tell me rice is bad, no. okay?
0: No no no, Just, no, 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 no. No. No, 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 no.
5: Or beans, like most everywhere around the world – Every culture has some form of rice and bean dish in their in their menu. It's only mm-hmm. in the United States where, you know, again, like it's going to make me fat. It's going to make me get right? It's just like you know, and so we get into this thing too where we vilify foods that actually a lot of cultures base, you know, base a lot of their like foods, you know, around and they are very healthy. But you look at the blue zones. Okay, these people are living to be 100 and they're healthy. Mm. But what are, and you know so couple with their diet you know they live in communities they have better connections with other human beings they're married longer you know they have family they have more higher levels of fulfillment in their life right so it's a combination thing but when you just look at their diet um, and you know, a lot of the, again, it again goes to peace and harmony so maybe with the high plant-based diet is tied to higher levels of peace and harmony. <laughs> Mm. Because there's no killing of sentient beings, we let everybody we let all the sentient beings hang out together, right <laughs> so there's like higher levels of harmony and again, that goes back into alignment with what we believe
1: okay wow, yeah, that's good,
0: yeah, I totally get that.
1: <laughs> we do a lot of beans and rice in my house and
0: <laughs> that's actually my favorite dish i'm I'm infamously famous for my beans and rice, yeah wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, here's one little tip.
5: So, a lot of people, their, their first argument is like, okay, gas make, you know, beans make me gassy. I can't eat it because I, I fart all the time and I can't stand it, right? So, one of the reasons that happens so is good. because um, a lot of the standard American diet is very, very low on fiber. Like, we over protein and low under fiber. Mm-hmm. So, um, when all of a sudden you're eating a lot of fiber, your body can't handle all that fiber, so it gets gassy. But mm. so the thing with beans is that you slowly introduce it; like you eat small amounts and get larger over time. But if you're gonna eat a whole like can of beans, and your fiber count has been low for a long time, your body's gonna be like, "Oh my god, too much fiber!"
1: Yeah. 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 You can't mm. even control it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something like experience. <laughs>
5: yeah. What are, the, what are the tips with beans? Like slowly integrate beads, um, because they are very high fiber, and that's the thing with meat. Huh. Meat has no fiber whatsoever.
7: Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah, and it's everything in moderation. Um, <laughs> every way you look at it, um, when whenever it is that someone has an uh, issue with insulin, you know, you need to stay away from carbs as much as you can but they say that if you are on a fruitarian diet that it doesn't so much affect your insulin levels because that's natural sugar that you're getting from it but it has to do all around with with food combining if you expect to lose weight it doesn't make sense for you to eat so much carbs and protein you know together that you separate them i remember back in the day i'd learned this from um what is it mary lou henner she came out with a book, the the lady from Taxi, um, that you know it pays to separate your food. That if you're in the process of trying to you know get back to a normal BMI, that you really have to strive to keep those at at separate intervals, mm. um, and also um, you know in order to keep your body healthy, intermittently fasting is um very beneficial too that you you try to go for like a 12-hour stint without eating you um you know get eight hours of sleep and you know go for another four hours without without eating anything and um you know sometimes you don't Mm. eat breakfast right off of the rip you know you let your body kind of use up whatever it is that it's storing that way um you know it's a refreshing itself and then you only have a certain period in which you eat Um, but as far as our family we have a large family and I know you know Gumby does as well and um, rice and beans and oh yeah all that you know (laughs) we you know we try to Mm -hmm. substitute with um, with beans and you know some some people argue that legumes aren't good for you that um, you know, anything from that family um, doesn't give you the, the proper nutrition. Um, some people will say, hey, well, y- you're not eating protein. You're not getting enough protein. And are you going to suffer from anemia? And, you know, there are things, broccoli, broccoli has tons of, of protein that you can substitute with. But you just have to be looking or, the, you know, those alternative sources. It doesn't have to just, you know, come from meat itself. Well,
5: here's here's one thing that people, so, so, so but the thing with beans is the lectins, right? They're like, the lectins are bad. It's going to cause all these, you know, these issues, whatever. So lectins disappear when you cook the beans. So nobody mm-hmm. eats raw beans. But here's the argument I tell you. I tell people, like, do you eat raw chicken?
3: <laughs>
5: no. Why? Uh, salmonella. <laughs> yeah, you no. Know? Right? But once you cook it, it's all fine, right? Well, that's the same thing with the beans and the lectins and stuff. Mm-hmm. So your fears around lectin is the same thing about why you don't eat raw chicken. Because there's a bunch of things that you would get mm-hmm. because it's raw. But once you cook it, it's all good. So this whole argument with lectins is like it's a baseless fear because it disappears once you cook it like when you cook chicken.
4: Mm-hmm. So the You're argument fine. of leaching minerals and vitamins from your body that some beans have, is is that part of the lectin or is that something else?
5: Yeah, I mean, that like anything that's tied back to the lectins. Yeah, I wasn't so again, sure if that
4: was tied when, back.
5: When, when we look at the nutrition things, like only part of the, the stories are told and then you get these books that get really popular and, and then they're like, okay, but you're not telling the whole story. But again, like when I bring that up, well, do you eat raw chicken or raw beef? Like, no, because you'll get a bunch of stuff. Well, then why don't we talk about like all the stuff you can get from chicken?
3: Because
5: right. there's, there's actually more health issues you can get from eating chicken, even cooked, mm-hmm. than, than eating beans. Right? Mm-hmm. So the, the level of fear and part of that goes back to marketing and sell, selling because there is a, there is incentive for the meat industry to villainize plant-based proteins.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, and right. I would say that the human body has an amazing <laughs> way of healing Resilience. itself if yeah. we put the right stuff in. Resilience. And, mm-hmm. and I asked about the doctors earlier because I feel like our system – puts doctors in a precarious situation between a rock and a hard place because I believe a lot of them know that maybe going more plant-based or vegan is healthier for us, but they are not allowed to openly promote that um, as much. And I say that from experience because my wife, uh, there was a time uh, health-wise where we were having certain issues and she was really scared that she could potentially have something really serious. So we went to our doctor that we trusted for years and, you know, the doctor told her, and I'm not going to mention anyone's name, but the doctor told her, said, you know, before we go any further, before we even say the C word, cancer, or anything that could be remotely as serious, I want you to go vegan for one month, come back, and then we will take some tests. Yeah. But this was kind of under the radar, unofficially, mm-hmm. yes wow that's rare and it is very rare and it, but we've I mean she's she gave birth to I don't know how many of, I don't know how many kids do I have <laughs> uh, a lot of our kids she's just she's a really great person and we trust her but I feel like a lot of times they're put in these positions where they cannot officially promote certain things but they know and so we did that and she did that and we came back a month later and it's like you're good you're all good
0: yeah. Uh, that's 100% correct because when I contracted uh, gout, um, the first thing I did was, after researching, I found out that if I went vegan, I would get rid of. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Plant based. Yeah, so is, that, is that <laughs> better? Don't use is that better? Vegan. Is He's that horrible. better? <laughs> Mike's <laughs> over there. He almost, almost snapped his head off at that point. <laughs> I went plant based. Okay. <laughs> For, uh, for 30 days, and the gout went away. Yeah. why? because the uric acid was out of my system yeah so same thing now I, I, I introduced a few things back into my diet um, you know uh, fish being one of those I still did ca- eat some fish occasionally, although by the end of the year I'm hoping to even even have that out of my system. but um, that is what cured me. Of gout was getting rid of of meat and poultry and and all that mm-hmm. um and, and then transitioning over to that that's also what changed my entire mind about the meat industry in general yeah um he, he didn't listen to i his wife when I started doing all <laughs> I started uh-oh. doing all the research i started doing and uh it it blew my mind when I started seeing w- everything that the meat industry contributed to. In our yeah, country,
4: yeah, yeah. So, well, imagine related. if we yeah, had I'm this. Su-
1: imagine if we had the support of our health system and our doctors on a large, you know, a large well, scale. But
5: that's if we had a healthcare system. We have a disease management
1: system. Okay.
2: Yeah. my I mean, that's
5: that's really what it because there's no profit in wellness. In fact, that
1: it's the a good point. Goldman,
5: oh. Goldman Sachs said there's no profit in. A, Disease creates profits for us. Like That,
1: that is a whole that. other podcast, and you are right 100%. <laughs> yeah. I, mean,
5: masters, why, I mean, again, there's no incentive to make food nutritious because if they create customers for the disease management system, that is profiting off of human suffering. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that,
5: and that's how The rest of the world looks at us like, why don't you guys have universal health care? Like We don't understand mm. why you have made... Disease a profit center. Like hmm. it doesn't it. it only us, like in the modern world, like does this, right? Because and then it's like, well, let's offer universal health care and then you have these people that, you know, the big the big companies freak out because they will lose billions of dollars. Yeah. Um and and then wellness, if we all eat start eating vegetables, more vegetables, like, oh my God, you're taking customers away from us. You know, hmm. we can't we can't have that. So, I mean, did you guys know about the checkoff programs, the government checkoff programs?
0: No, the checkoff program.
4: Uh-huh.
0: Is that like from so, Star Trek, like
4: checkoff? Sounds Russian.
5: No, <laughs> yeah. So, the, the USDA, it's a marketing program under the USDA to promote American agriculture. So, um, for example, like um, uh, uh, farmers who raise cows, they have to pay a dollar a head for every cow they sell uh, to a meat packer. And then that dollar goes to market and advertise to help promote the eating of beef. Yeah, so it's basically a tax that Mm. they pay, but it's uh, a marketing fund, right? So that's why you see, like, meat, you know, big milk does a body good, beef, it's what's for dinner, pork is the other white meat. Those are actually all funded by these government checkoff programs. So, there's huge incentives to promote American agriculture. Now, when you go look to see what the checkoff programs are, they're primarily all meat, dairy, eggs. There's not one checkoff program for vegetables, whole grains, um, or um, like starches. It's all, there's the beef council, the egg council, the dairy, you know, you know all. you know, the Got Milk campaign is one of the largest, most famous government-funded marketing campaigns in our country. So wow. this is another reason why we we are brainwashed into e- eating, you know, eating, wanting to eat meat and dairy next because we, our government literally spends tens of millions of dollars every year promoting, like, all of these foods and spends no money promoting Vegetables, grains, legumes—like you don't see ads for that. And then the Super Bowl ads. Do you ever wonder why there's so many fast foods? Oh yeah, I mean, when it costs five million dollars for thirty seconds, you are. Like, God, are they selling that much fast food? So, <laughs> but you notice that a lot of their menus all have bacon, beef, cheese, mushroom burgers. Yeah, they all oh, do. Yeah. Because they're getting money from the mushroom council, the dairy council, the beef council, and the pork council.
4: Wait, a mushroom's bad too. There's
7: a mushroom council.
5: No, no, the, no. Mushrooms are fine, but oh, they're, yeah. they're they have a checkoff program.
0: Oh wow! Huh, interesting. Uh, didn't know that.
5: We promote, but but that's why. <laughs> so that's why all the menus have some form of beef, pork, dairy, uh, mushroom, like in it. Because of these, they get money. So our, mm. they literally get money the
3: vegetable.
5: to put it in. So that's it's why that's why food. you don't see plant veggie burgers because they don't get any subsidy money for veggie burgers.
1: Uh-huh. Do you think a there's? Lot- do you think there's any trend recently? I, I think of uh, one of the basketball players that came to mind recently. That uh, used to be here in Cleveland. Uh, his name is Kyrie Irving. Who recently came out and promoted being a a vegan, a plant based diet, and a flat earther? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I think he retracted that statement. But you know what? I mean, there's always <laughs> there's always associations with <laughs> any, anyone who goes against anything that you know they're they're tied as crazy people at first, but.
5: Actually, a lot of um, pro athletes are going are going more plant based now, and and primarily in basketball. Exactly, really, well, that, that's where I was yeah. going
1: because he was uh, immediately associated as as someone who was crazy. And you know, well, his plant based diet, you know, if that's anything like the whole flat Earth thing, then it must be bad. Hmm.
5: Yeah, no, there was actually New York Times. I think it was New York Times or Washington Post did a big article on. The trend of veganism among NBA players yeah. because it's like it's becoming a trend with them now. Right. And here's the thing: because on these diets, they're getting slimmer, and they're able to go faster.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's
5: why they're like, "Wait a minute! Like, you're doing better now. What are you doing?" It's like I'm eating plant-based. So okay. So again, to them, it's like a trend to be to, to at their performance, so they're willing to try it to see yeah. if they get better because they see their peers getting. Better, but then we have like Laird Hamilton, like the top, you know, um, the driver, what, the the racing. What do you? NASCAR. Call <laughs> yeah, But right, I think he's international, right? He you guys are so way more white than me. <laughs> he went plant based and he started winning more of these big like trophies. Clear
7: mm. thinking. Wow.
5: Like he was like, oh yeah, because the the going plant based helped me get more clarity. It, it helped me slim down a bit, which actually helped you know with stuff, but. Like clarity is a big thing that a lot of them get. Like this haze or fuzziness, like they don't have anymore. Mm. Um, they feel lighter, and but then they got to figure out, like okay, but when you're an athlete, you still have to have high levels of protein, right? So like, how do you get 100 grams from plant-based sources? You know, to to keep to keep up with that. And so, um, but you know, like NFL players are now looking at. it. So there's a new movie coming out called The Game Changers. That focuses only primarily on male athletes. Um, and it's produced by James Cameron, you know, Terminator guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it too. So Arnold went plant-based recently as well. Oh, really? And he's for promoting, um, um, I knew you know, bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Arnold
5: is back. Um, and this month, this month on uh, Muscle and Fitness Magazine, you know, one of the top bodybuilding magazines, their make their cover model is a professional vegan bodybuilder. Mm. So I posted it on my wall, and I'm like, okay, you tell me this guy's not getting enough protein? Because like, <laughs> uh, okay, look at that, right? Yeah, but there's like this new like, like thing of like vegan body, I'm fascinated with the vegan bodybuilders, because they bust all the myths,
3: mm. you know? Right.
5: And, they're like, and they're doing it without steroids, too, right? So you look at these guys, wow. and you're like, what are they doing, and they're like, big! Yeah. You know, and, and they're, you know, they don't look like, like distorted, like the steroid guys, uh, but you're like, wow, you're able to get this ripped just yeah. eating, I mean, again, look at, like, again, Muscle and Fitness Magazine, look at the cover, look at that guy, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, yeah. and he's 28 years old, he's never eaten meat.
0: Well, it just goes to, it just goes back to the old adage of, you know, the, everyone wants to be as strong as the ox, but the ox is vegan.
5: <laughs> yeah, or like cows, like elephant—like the strongest animals on the planet are all mm. plant-based. I never
2: said about grass. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah uh, I why,
5: why are we, why are we obsessed with protein? Yeah, Part of our obsession with protein are, are these checkoff programs.
1: Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree. If you want to hang out for hang out for a second, uh, uh, Stephanie, we're going to call the end of the program right now. Okay. So, um.
5: Wow, we've been going
0: a while. Yeah, we have. <laughs> so if you, want, if you want to hang out for a second, um, we are going to call it here. Everyone is going to call it good night. So long, everybody. Peace out. Adios. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere else you can find social media or at
1: BibleOverBrews.com. There's nothing taboo over boo. <laughs>